All right, everybody. Welcome back to the best hour of the day. Fern here with two of my good friends that it's been far too long that I, uh, since seeing them, uh, Austin Maliolo, James Hobart. Uh, I figured I'd bring on, um, you know, two mediocre fitness enthusiasts and mediocre coaches. And you were two of the first that came to mind. And that the most, <laughs> the most, uh, but I know you guys are busy. You guys are doing a ton of stuff with hand plan, trying to get your affiliates back open. Uh, so thanks for your time. It's good seeing you guys. Good to see you, brother. Great to see you. Um, largely, what I wanted to do was you guys have put together a, an extremely thorough back-to-business kind of PDF plan, if you will. I want to say it's 40 pages. Uh, yeah. And it's, not, and it's not 40 pages of, like, picture book. Like, it's 40 pages of really, really good shit for affiliates. So if you're one of these people that has no plan whatsoever, this is it. It's laid out step-by-step. So first and foremost, like when did you guys start putting this together and what kind of what was the framework for starting to put it together? Because largely, what, like, do you guys even have a timeline to open in Boston? <laughs> um, the short answer is no, we don't know anything <laughs> until, you know, till the uh, May 18th, uh, but we, and we don't have much of a, um, there's been no information specifically given to to gyms of, of what it looks like within the phases. So um, yeah, we so you, are. So you have no idea what phase you're even going to fall in. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So we are, you know, and, and just based off the behavior of the state, I would say that we'll be towards the back half of the phases. Yeah. Is there, or do you even know how many phases there are at this point? I believe there are four. They, 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 they said there's going to be four. Okay. So you're anticipating not one or two. Yeah. I would, I would say one, one would be a shock to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, when that, yeah, we, and that, in theory, starts on May 18th. Got it, which is Monday. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So our, our phase one in Virginia starts today. Gyms are not on it. Yeah. Um, the tattoo parlors are, so that's good. Yep, that's me. Yeah, social, that's social, social distancing uh, by definition, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about it a little bit. What yeah. What was the genesis of, like, putting this together were you guys just like hey we fucking want to put a plan we might as well just share it or um yeah yeah I mean, that, that kind of sums it up i think you know part of it was we just wanted to provide you know if gyms are hurting right now and we get that because we're affiliate owners and you get that because you're an affiliate owner and i've been so blown away by how few members we've lost and other affiliates I've talked to how, you know, percentage wise they have lost compared to what I think was going to happen mm-hmm. or thought was going to happen. You know, it's not like, I just thought, I thought it would be the, the member retention would be far more difficult. And that's not to say that gyms still aren't in hard spots, but yeah, so gyms were in a really tough spot and we wanted to provide them things that we were thinking about and just some insight and, and some comfort. And I think, um, even if you don't know all the details in a situation like this, it really helps to have some direction. And that was really our goal was just to provide that for the community. And, you know, I, I look at it and I think there are definitely some areas, you know, we didn't cover everything in it, but um, based on what we knew and what we were dealing with, we just wanted to share that with everybody else. And that's kind of how we set out to do it. And it just, it became a much bigger project (laughs) the more we got into it. I mean, this is detailed. I'm just reading through the table of contact context or con Jesus table of contents you know, and it, it starts with just assessing your business. So this actually doesn't have anything to do with any of this closure. Just like you should just do an overall assessment of your business. You're kind of forced to now, but you know, you should do that anyway. 
why it matters. And then it goes into like phase one, class procedures, best practices, class examples, um, FAQs, you know, limiting classes. There's a ton of stuff in here, you know, all the way into like, you know, sample affiliate protocols here at the end. I mean, it's, it's detailed. Like I, I know some people have put out some other stuff, but I haven't seen anything that is this in the weeds uh, which, which I think is super important because this stuff matters. Like, yes, it's a shitty time, but this is also a time for people to shine if you've got your stuff together. Yeah. You know, and, and I think something that I know that, you know, that at, certainly with the hand plan that we have, I guess not, you know, struggled with is to how do we actually take what we have, what we work on, what we know, what we talk about and give it to people, give it to our community. Um, you know, we've been, we do this so often and, and we do, you know, we coach and we do, we, we do things that we take for granted that other people want to know about. So this was one of our first times where we sat down and we were like, Hey, this is, let's just put everything that we've discussed on paper. And, and that's really how it started. And, and that's why, like James said, it became a way more of an undertaking than we expected because we were just, as, as this document was being created, we were like, Hey, no, add this. And then just little things like evolving, like, Hey, just, Oh, oh we just learned this. or we just tried this, do this. So it, it this in theory could be a, a, an evolving document, right? But mm. the easiest way to distribute it was to create something like this. But it's, if there's one thing that we've always wanted to do and we, and, and that's why we love, you know, the hand plan is to just give people our experiences through education yes. and understanding and, yep. and, 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 in a time like this, and, and, and I, and I'll just get something off my chest is one of my biggest pet peeves in times like this is when people tell you that there's only one way to do something. And that, and that's because that's, couldn't be further from the truth. What we really wanted to do was have this just be a thought starter, a, mm. an idea creator, a challenger, depending on where your views are, because I think no matter where you are, right where we are in the Boston area is we're going to be different than if you are in Texas or Florida specifically right now um, because of the timeline. But if we're all thinking about this stuff, then we're probably going to make the right decisions. Um, and that was the goal. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's some probably common principles that you have to execute on, but anybody who says they've got the answer is entirely full of shit because nobody knows how to do this. Like nobody's ever done it before. Like right. there, there is no answer. It's like, everybody's, everybody is, building the plane while they're flying it. Like you don't have another option at this point. Right. So what's the, what's the big thing? Like if we were to kind of go through this, um, cause you know, like if everybody understands like, okay, we'll I have to, I have to beef up my cleaning protocol and I have to limit my class sizes, but what are some things that you guys have put in here that you think people may not have thought about? Hmm. Oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think so for me, I think the biggest thing is probably in the very beginning, like the assessment of the business of like that, that, that first part of really looking at your business and then not only where you're at now, but where you're going to be when you start back up, what those expenses, projected revenue, um, and because really, I think it's very easy to say, oh, like when we open up my revenue, you know, I, I'll just pick up where we left. 
and that's going to be far from the case. Probably not. And so, yeah. And so, and, and so I think that that's probably the, the thing that's easily overlooked because it also, it then leads to some really difficult conversations with yourself, your business partners and your staff. Um, and I think it's probably easily, it's overlooked sometimes subconsciously because it is a very, for some, it might actually mean, can we, can we stay open? If, yeah. if, you know, on the other side of this, we're only getting 50% of the revenue we were when we started, but our operating costs are higher now because, you know, I have to, pay, in order for me to open, I have to have more classes, more payroll, more cleaning, all of these things. So I don't know, that's where my head goes. And, and, and maybe that's because I'm a business guy. I don't know, James, you might have another thing that's a little more highlighted. No, I actually think that is a really important point. And that kind of goes to one of the driving forces behind this and, and kind of a personal passion of mine is, you know, the most successful affiliates I see out there have a, do a really nice job of treating themselves like a business, understanding the financial side of the business, but as well, you know, without forgetting about the importance of offering a, a quality product and how that impacts what they do on a daily basis and creating those things around that creating those things that create a meaningful class experience for members. So I do think one of the most important things businesses can do, CrossFit gyms can do is, and I don't think we do enough is treat ourselves as professionals. You know, and I've talked about this before is I hear so from so many people like, Oh, I'm just a coach. And it's like, no, you're not just a coach. Like you are a coach and that's a really important thing. And you have a expert skill set that not a lot of people have. And I think the, one of the driving forces behind this back to business PDF was, just remind affiliates that if you're not already treating yourself like a business and looking at yourself as a professional, first step is that you should. And as you go through this process is to not forget that all of the steps that we are going to, you know, the states or the local governments or public health boards are going to force us to have to implement now in our businesses, all of those steps, um, we have to be able to implement those without them destroying what we do. So for example, like if you're, you know, leverage to the hills to buy cleaning supplies to keep your gym open, you need to be able to step back and evaluate, how do I balance both? How do I keep my doors open? How do I apply to, you know, how do I um, not apply, but um, adhere to social distancing and sanitation protocols while still providing a good class experience, while still, you know, providing myself some income to live as a business owner, while still providing for coaches. And, I think that was one of the biggest, probably the most important lesson out of it is just to constantly be going through that process of evaluating where those financials are at. And the other thing I think I hope comes out of it that I don't think everyone is thinking about is um, you still need to do what it is we do is provide a meaningful, a best hour of their day, right? We still mm -hmm. need to do that. But it's okay if the way you do that, the medium that you do that, for example, a Zoom class is different than in the past. But don't lose sight of what your expertise skill set is, and that's providing people with an enjoyable fitness experience within 60 minutes on a day-by-day -day basis. Now, where you do that or the platform you need to do that, we can adapt to that shit, and that's what I wanted to come out of this was people to learn how to do that. So I hope they start to get some ideas to do that. Yeah, I agree. Like on Austin's note about just evaluating the business, you know, I've talked, uh, John Briggs has been on the podcast, who's the 
uh, runs yeah. insight tax and you know micro or uh, profit first for micro gyms i agree with him he and he's worked with hundreds and hundreds of gyms at this point every gym should have gone in and immediately tried to find 10 percent to cut out of their budget which is actually a lot easier to do than people think like there's a lot of extraneous expenses in there that you just don't need and coming back out of them you probably shouldn't reinstitute them so immediately just cut 10 percent out of there because you could safely assume that your revenue is going to be cut 10%. So now at worst case, I'm, I'm still break even, but you should try to cut way more than that. Like I went through and I was, I mean, I was chopping stuff left and right. And I probably cut way more than 10% out of the budget, like probably several thousand dollars out of it. I'm just like, I don't need that. Like, it's nice. But like right now the answer is no. Um, and like everything I'll learn to live without it. And then if I decide to add it back in great, or it's just more cash flow for the business. Um, and then on to your note there, James is, yeah, I do think, I think people are, and I've talked about this a little bit before. I think people are going to make some mistakes and go all in on virtual and forget that like people want to come back into your business. Like they want to come back in and they want to be around other people and that shouldn't suffer because you're doing zoom classes. You know, I think that's super yeah. important to not forget like what your actual core skill set is. And it's not virtual fitness, like no CrossFit business core of a core skill set is virtual it's all in-person training yeah you know? the uh the other thing that i saw in here that you had oh shit where'd it go i lost it well and, and and on that point too i just think it's important to it i can't you know I, so many people have been cutting down on their budgets at home, right? Just because they have no yep. choice. So like apply that same mindset to your gym and you can, you can get away with a lot of stuff. And with the whole virtual thing too, like it's, I think that it's important that you're right. Like, you know, a virtual only platform for, for, I would say 99.9% .9 of people is, should be out of the cards. Um, you know, just hop onto an actual virtual first platform and realize that that's probably, you know, you're, you're overthrowing your coverage there. If you think that you can hit that, you know, like you hop on a I mean, you hop on a Peloton bike and you realize that, okay, that's, this is different. I yeah. don't think I can deliver that. This is know, not but, like my zoom class. <laughs> right. But it, you know, like you said, it, you know, I think it, uh, it can absolutely be balanced out. And, um, go ahead. Well, and, and I think the last thing that, that I think that maybe in retrospect, what I looked at this document as, as giving people is it's a, it, it allows you to have a plan, but also like if you were to give this to someone, they could do some stuff with it, right? There's Zoom, you know, there are best practices for Zoom, for example, there's different thoughts. And I really, I hope it, it, it inspires and pushes gyms and trainers and, and managers to not only give things to like, like, hey guys, we need to present, you know, something to our, our staff, but also you need to give your staff a playbook. You need to get, yeah. you know, like you need to get, like, think about lesson plans. Like you need to, all right, well, what are the new protocols? You need to give your staff the best practices for a new platform. You need to create this new, whatever is new, you need to create a, a staff playbook, then a, then a participant playbook if it's going to be new. And I hope that this document inspires people that we're no longer in the age of just like, you know, go, go handle it, go wing it. Like, no, there needs to be communication and, and materials for your, not only, you know, the trainers, but also your members, because that now everyone is expecting that. And, it, and so I, hopefully that this manual highlights that this, that actually does matter. One of the things I've been spending a lot of time on is, um, so Michael McCallow, which just uh, released a new book called fix this next. 
-hmm. And he took, he basically took Maslow's hierarchy of needs for human beings and he created one for business. And the bottom three tiers are, I'm probably butchering this, but I think it's sales, profit, and order. And what he's referring to when he says order, and then the top two are like impact and giving or something like that. I don't remember, but I'm not finished the book, but it's, it's, it's really good so far. Um, but A, it gives you a, like a, a roadmap to evaluate your business and fix things in a particular order, but then create the appropriate order within your business. And one of the things I've been looking at really hard as I've been just stripping the, everything down to the studs basically administratively is I've had a lot of people in the wrong seats. Like I've had people that are filling roles and tasks that shouldn't be there. And it's not because they're bad people or whatever. It's because that's not their skill set. I was just like, I need that done. You can do that. And this, this has been a really good opportunity for me to go through that with a fine tooth comb and be like, that person could be utilized far more effectively if I move them over here which is a win for everybody. It's a win for the members because they get a better experience. It's a win for this person because they're probably going to enjoy it more. It's a win for me because now it will actually get done and I won't be pissed about it. And that, that order piece has really been highlighted for me because some of that stuff is fairly, is fairly quick to do. Like if you've already got like a staff playbook, you could have a great staff playbook and it'd be worthless if you have the wrong people in the wrong seats because they are not good with scheduling, but they're getting it done because you asked them to. So I agree with you as far as like putting a, like a better framework on that. And I think this has been a good time to evaluate that. And that's, that's what I've been trying to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what, there's really, go ahead. Sorry. No, I go just ahead. think there's really something to that. You know, there's this great Ted talk by this fellow, uh, Martin Reeves, and in it, he kind of talks about the, the longevity of businesses, but also the longevity of businesses have this, have this ability for adaptability, but also they do it in a progressive way that allows them to monitor their change. And I will say, you know, um, you know, I don't want anyone to have to experience any undue suffering, whether it's financial, um, physical, you know, emotional, otherwise caused by something like, you know, the COVID-19 outbreak. But that being said, I think it does give you this opportunity to sort of look a little bit closer at your business and what you have been doing and evaluate, like you said, is this really the best way that we for us to do business? And especially going forward, I think something a lot of gyms might not be thinking about is like you guys both mentioned, hey, we're going to get the doors open, we're going to get the lights back on, we're going to get people back in, back into class. But then there is this like, what next? You know, so I do think it's important to kind of look a couple steps ahead and, and not, like you said, completely rewrite the script that you've been using, but look at the script you've been using and, and make small changes as you go forward. Cause I do think that's going to be important. I, I don't think, you know, the in-person, I don't think the in-person way of doing, uh, I don't think in-person fitness is, is going away forever. I think it's going to change a little bit. I think it may um, be in higher demand after this. In some frankly. ways, it, at least for a yeah. short period of time, I think there's going to be people who are just like, cannot wait to get out of the house. Yeah, cannot wait to get out of the house. You know, I, I think one of the things that has happened here in being in quarantine, I think a lot of people have learned um, how simple it is to fit fitness into your daily lifestyle, how available fitness is. Um, you know, you don't have to compartmentalize it. And I've, I've used this analogy a bunch. Like, I think, you know, it's kind of like brushing your teeth. You don't get out of bed and brush your teeth and then go tell your friends, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a toothbrusher. I'm someone who brushes his teeth, you know, in the way that you go to the gym, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a fitness guy or I'm a fitness girl. I think now fitness is going to, it's going to become more ubiquitous into people's lives. And like, you're going to wake up, you're going to do your little fitness routine or go to your gym for an hour, just because I think quarantine has taught us how 
simple and easy it is. That's my hope for it. I do think that's going to happen. So like I said, I don't think you throw out the entire playbook for your gym, but if anything, you got to, you just, you should take a closer look at it and just because it works well, doesn't mean it couldn't work better and that's okay. So on that note, what do you guys think is things that affiliates could either take advantage of or should be, I don't want to say weary of, but should be aware of that could be negative consequences of that. What do you got, James? Um, something that I should be weary of. I mean, I do think they should be weary of this idea of like everything gets right back to normal. Um, and I, because I know things are going to change at our, our three affiliates we have and they're excellent affiliates and we have amazing staff and it just like everybody else, it's, and I'm sure you've experienced, experienced this. It's like, I don't think a lot of gyms can just flip the light switch back on, open back up with the same number of full-time staff and the same number of part-time staff and the same expenses that they had before, just because they have people coming back in the door. Mm -hmm. I do think the goal should be to, you know, kind of have a new picture in mind of where you want to head to and slowly build back to that. You know, for me personally, the reason I like running an affiliate um, is because I want to provide coaches the same opportunities I had as an up and coming coach. And I know that what's happened here is going to frustrate that for a little while. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if long term, you know, to provide that long term benefit value to up and coming coaches, I probably can't have the same exact staff and, and payroll that I had six months ago. You know, we're going to have to build back to that. And I think that's a really sad and frustrating thing. But if you look at it, you know, if you don't just look at it as like the right now, you look at it as a bigger picture. Um, it can make it more hopeful rather than pessimistic. I think that's probably something to be really wary of is that the, the doors open, the lights come on, and all you have to do is provide some more hand sanitizer and everything else is going to work out. I do think you should kind of take this like back, you know, this slow back to business approach. You know, how do we, how do we climb back to where we were? Not that just because we're back in the gym, it's automatically going to happen. I think it's a good opportunity for some, for, for everybody to do. I mean, it's, again, it's a, it's a forcing function, but whatever. I mean, if you haven't looked at this as an opportunity to do a, a, a reset, I mean, I don't care what business you're in, like you, you've got some shit you can fix in your business. And if you're not looking at this as a, almost as some sort of, a, you know, and I hate, I use this term lightly, but a gift, meaning you have now time, which you didn't have before if you're in the affiliate all day coaching classes and dealing with members, but you do have more time to get in there and really kind of evaluate you're, I've said this a thousand times, but you're not going to get, Jesus, hopefully not again, you're not going to get another six to eight weeks or however long it's going to be where you don't have people in your, your affiliate. And that is, and if you're only looking at it as a negative and, and not looking at it as a way to retool your business and, and try to rebuild it in a, in a, in a better likeness or something that you want to be attached to long-term, I think that's a massive mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think it kind of, it, it, like you said, sorts the weed from the chaff in the sense that like, there are a lot, I hear stories, you know, I have a couple of close friends that own affiliates and I've been chatting to them about this whole process. And some of them have been saying like, you know, I'm, I'm just really, you know, it really bums me out to see affiliate owners who like don't want to do anything, who don't want to run zoom classes, who don't care about, you know, keeping their membership going. And I think also this is a good reality check for people hey, we all like being in a relationship or being in a business partnership or running a business when things are going great. You know, like 
-hmm. Of course, anyone wants to do that regardless of what the industry is. But it's like the real kind of test of the metal is when things get a little rocky, is this, you know, are you just, a, is this just a fair weather process or fair weather relationship for you? Or is this something that like you're excited to work on and make better, better? And I think there'll be a lot of affiliate owners who get that, who should have that conversation with themselves of like, well, when things got bad, I didn't care. So is this the business for me to be in? Yeah. And like you said, I mean, for us on hand plan, we have been wanting to do a, an at home, um, program option for a really long time. And mm -hmm. when quarantine happened, we were like, well, we don't know if this will work, but this is the opportunity to move forward. And we did, and we're really happy that we did. So yeah, there's, there is opportunity in this. There is silver lining. And like I said, I think for affiliate owners out there, you're not a bad person and, and don't think of it as take advantage, but you're not a bad person to look at this as opportunity. I know there are a lot of people out there who have suffered financially, physically, you know, lost loved ones in really awful circumstances, but it's okay for you still to look for silver, silver lining in a bad situation. And you should do that. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I but I think, and I think that really dovetails into something that I think hopefully, I think not, no, not, be wary but also like you just can't be a one-trick pony nowadays um yeah. and, and i really hope that people realize that this now is that like and i think some people might realize that they they want to be but unfortunately like i look at you know I, you know fortunate enough you know i you know i also run the gym at reebok and you know and the the amount of skill sets that i've leveraged to add value uh i've done i don't know if i've given anyone a real cue in in you know 10 weeks right my my coaching skill set i don't know if it's been leveraged um, if anything at all um but you know what my skill sets for knowing how to create some level of of media that is consumable by people right from recording to editing to those things i know this stuff sounds funny but like it's important like i can open up adobe premiere and edit a video i know how you know like i have the the the, the materials to do that and you know what it's being used by the brand now you know, like, and my team, and then I was able to teach my team that, and they're able to stay busy. And the business stuff, it's, it, we, we've, in the, you know, we were able to leverage our skill set of how, to, how do we manage a P&L? How do you run projections for, from 10 to 50% of lost revenue against your expenses? You know, how do you run scenarios? We've been doing that. And, and what that really boils down to is you cannot expect to be successful in in this day and age if you are a one trick pony unless you are the best in the world at something and most likely that's not you mm -hmm. that's, you know <laughs> and 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 i, mean, I think it's true. And, and so and and if if you're in pursuit of that you know it's like well great it's there's a lot of data that shows knowing multiple skill sets can elevate one skill set to the top right you know just read the book range and it'll really help your concept of that out which is, I think, hard to understand for some, but I think that's what, be wary of that. Like, don't, like you said, don't open up your doors and be like, well, we're back to what we were doing. Like, no, like you're still going to need to provide Zoom classes in some way, shape or form. You know what? You're going to have to think about other ways of how do you market and, and how do you get the people that are uncomfortable coming back? You can't be so hard headed to think that, you know, you know, there's a lot more free stuff, you know, people are going to be offering stuff for free and, you know, so you have to be innovative with that. So I, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is hopefully people have learned that this is a time to learn if you don't have another skill set. And, you know, I'm not talking go learn a language just because you want to be more cultured. You know, 
go learn a language if you want to get a group of people that are underserved in your community in your gym. That's what I'm talking about. You know, but like that's what the mindset needs to be. It can't be like open up the doors and they will come. Those days have passed. No, I agree. I couldn't agree with you anymore at all. Like I I, I, I was okay. Like, so we can use the video editing as a perfect example. So there's tons of people that created no content whatsoever, like not one snippet of content in this time frame. And just based on that single metric, I think the likelihood of failure for that person long-term is pretty high. Like, I'm just going to go off that single metric. Now, I don't think you need to be the world's greatest video editor, but if you, if you didn't think about opening up Adobe Pro or Final Cut Pro 10 or something like that, you know, I was like, okay which means I was pretty shitty at video editing. But in, in about three, day, three days worth of like watching YouTube videos, I made some stuff that's pretty cool. Like it's not yeah. great, but it's like pretty high quality. It looks like somebody else did it essentially. And you're like, okay, good for you. You made a cool video, but what's the long tail of that, right? So if I'm thinking out long tail, well, AI should be thinking about how, not only like am I gonna get my previous customers back, moving forward, what does client acquisition look like? So mm -hmm. not only are you on less revenue, but client acquisition costs are going to go up. If you now have to pay for ads or pay for some sort of marketing and pay for the videographer or the editor to do that, well, you don't even, you don't even get to enter the game of acquisition because you can't afford it and you didn't learn how to do something that was reasonably done, put together. So it's not about like I was able to do this. It's like I've got a skill set now and I can do that myself if I need to, to be able to stay in the game long-term. And that's where I think people were just not paying attention. It's like, yeah, you should outsource things that are not in your super skill, but at the same time, like you should be pretty competent at those things as well. Like you should be able to make a good video if you're a gym owner, a micro gym owner in a boutique fitness type world. Like you have to be a jack yeah. of all trades. It's like, listen, I mow my lawn. I'm not, a, but you know what? I'm not a landscaper, but like, but you know what? I'll watch, I'll go look at someone. Oh, well, what do you, what do you do? How do you, how do you, your lawn looks really good. Like I'm going to learn best practices, but you know, and, and then, you know what, when it's time to bring in the big dogs, I'll bring in the big dogs if I need to, but yeah, it's, the, it's the same concept. And I think it's easily forgotten. And, and hopefully that, you know, even like looking at this document, there's a lot of skill sets we're, we're pulling on from, you know, and, and I, and hopefully that gets the juices flowing for people of, uh, you know, of how to, how to really, you know, get through this and come to the other side. Well, what I think it's important about this document is I, what I think you did a good job of, putting this together is to me this doesn't read as this is the way to open your gym this has a lot of things in it meaning like you could pick and choose any number of the things in this 40 page document and use them and some of them I might use temporarily some of them I might use forever some of them I might not use at all but again what I and I, I had this weird, I was trying to create like, okay, what's the class schedule going to be when we open up? And I finally came to the realization, I'm like, I'm going to get it wrong no matter what. Like there's no way for me to accurately gauge how many people are going to come in the door. They're, half of them aren't even working, at, so their schedules are not the same anymore. Like life is not the same right now. So I came up with like five different variations of the class. And the plan was not to get it right, but was to shift as fast as possible based on what I saw coming in the door, right? So it's not about having this perfectly laid out plan because it's probably not going to work out anyway. It's about having those contingencies in place. And like, if A happens, then I'm going to do this. If B happens, then I'm going to do this. And all that leads you to do is able to pivot faster based on what's coming at you. And again, it's not about the plan. It's about the planning, right? Your plan is going to fail regardless. So then it's like the process of planning helped me 
pivot and be flexible as the things change because we don't know. We don't know what the stipulations are going to be for opening. We don't know how they're going to enforce it. We don't know how long that's going to last. We don't know any of that stuff. So you should have plans for all of them in place. Um, and even if they're really, really, you know, well designed, well thought out, super detailed, or if they're just rough plans, like you should have them all in place. Yeah, it's funny you say that because um, one of the things I actually had wanted to do and started working on last week was sort of a little addendum to this this back to business guide. Because I just wanted to throw something else out there as a resource for people. Um, some affiliates that we work with on the hand plan and just friends of mine that I've talked to that have started to open up, open up, they are doing very different things. And so last week I sat down to write a plan for our CrossFit One Nation gyms and plan one was, um, you know, uh, limited capacity in the gym, but in the gym classes. Plan two was limited capacity outdoor classes. Plan three was can't do group training. So how do we do group training in this modified open gym coach supervised model? Um, and so I, I wrote out four or five different options of how we might run this. And I agree with that. You know, the adaptability is crucial. And I don't think any one of those plans will be perfectly right. They all might be wrong, but at least that way I have a couple of options. If, you know, depending on what happened for us on Monday 18th, governor might come back and say, Hey, look, Jim, sorry, bad news. You know, you guys can only do one-on-ones like, okay. You know, so, um, it's hard, but yeah, I, I think it's okay to sit down and write some, a couple of different plans and it's crucial. Like you said, I just, yeah. I think you're just going to be stuck and not know what to do. And, and what's important to realize is you have a community to serve, right? So yes, it's about getting my business and being organized, but like particularly, and I think this should be highlighted. A lot of gyms, and you were talking about this before, or I think after we said record the like the the number of people or the that gyms retained has been pretty high. Yeah. Well, if nobody's thought about this, like you fucking owe those people something. You owe them to be prepared because they supported you. Like if you're just the guy who just you're like, hey, thanks for supporting me, and I'm giving you the same ham sandwich that we had before, right? I think that's pretty awful, right? Like, so I think you owe those people because they did support you. They kept you above water and they're going to support you moving forward, but they shouldn't support you if you did nothing to plan out and figure out how to serve them moving forward. I, I just think that's garbage. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you have to deliver, right? I mean, it's like, like you said, how are you delivering to get better? It's, and you know, and, and what is that adaptability, but you have to, cause it, you know, and I think, as soon as you can do something, you have to do something for them, you know? And, you know, I just look at like, you know, you know Reebok, we're going to be a little more hamstrung because it's a bigger company and there, there's going to be other roles with that. But like, you know, what we're, what we want to do is planning on doing, we're going to do different work because we have employees all over the greater Boston area mm -hmm. and that aren't going to be able to go back to the company you know, business right away. We're going to do a workout every day in a different location within a, a 30 mile radius and make a schedule, join us. And uh, at this location on Tuesday, join at different locations based off where people live, you know, adhere to all the guidelines because we can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and there, those are the things I would have never have thought about that a couple of weeks ago, but I'm like, you know, we, I have to do this because people want to see each other. I'm not gonna be able to get everyone in the gym, you know, certainly for a Reebok until potentially next year, Oh my God. you know? you know, based off where people are working and all these other things. But, you know, so we have to, and, and that's the thing, we have to think outside the box, no pun intended, even like looking at your facility differently. Um, 
you know, your gym, if, you know, whatever the guidelines are, I was talking to one of our coaches today. It's like, you know, what if we hung rings from the rafters? So essentially you had, you know, you, in one of our gyms, you could hang rings from the rafters. Therefore you could do pull-ups. You could do everything on, it, it won't be a pull-up bar, but you don't have to use the rig now. So, which is a nightmare for setup in your gym, depending on how your gym is set up, you know, and how your building is set up. But so that would put it, them in like me, the rings would be in their little box. Oh, the you're talking about for yeah. social distancing purposes. Yeah. So for Got social it. distancing, yeah, yeah. That makes if, sense. If, if your rings are down in your box, I have 15 stations now and it's beautiful. I, I can do every movement in, a, in that box. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, well, shit, that's a great idea. You know, I don't, now I don't have to worry about the rig. I don't have to worry about moving anything. I can just drop rings down and I can do total bar. I can do pull-ups. And then if I want to do pull-up day, then like we mentioned in the document, you know what? It's only pull-up day. You know, so we'll do Cindy as an example. Mm -hmm. You stay under the rig, you yep. know? So, but these are, this is how we have to think because you, you know what? That's, that means we're getting better. Your, your members walk in the gym and they see that they're like, yeah, you did Put some thought here. into this. Yeah. You, you thought this through. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. I think it should be very evident to those people that have supported you that you really put some thought and effort into this and that you really are trying to give them a good experience while being handcuffed at the same time. I do think we will go back to something that resembles normal. I think the landscape of fitness is going to change a little bit, but I think in seven to nine months for hopefully way sooner, but like most gyms will be back to, you know, people back in the door. We won't have to social distance, all that stuff. Um, but in the meantime, you have a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know what, you know what I think is interesting and I don't want to totally like go in a different direction, but this has kind of dawned on me and, and we don't really talk about this in the back to business manual, but I think, you know, a lot of us are putting these and, and I don't want to get into the politics of this, but we're seeing this play out in the world around us in real life. What I, we've, we've put in a lot of our policies in our gym, sanitation policies, social distance policies with the expectations that people are going to be hundred percent compliant. And, you know, I think one of the big things you should make a note on your little whiteboard in your office, you know, everybody should do this. If you're a gym head coach or affiliate owner is be like, how am I going to handle people who are going to be like, screw it. I don't care about social distancing. I'm not worried. Or I already got it. I got the antibodies. I did yeah. it. Or, you know, how do you handle the non-compliance of that? Cause you're going to, I, you know, it's so funny. I just thought of this now we're going to have to have a, 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 what's the word I want to look for a civilized plan and a rational plan for how to deal with people who are like that. Cause you know what, like, Maybe they do feel totally comfortable and they're not worried and they want to do a partner workout or share a piece of equipment. And I don't or know. Just disregard I, I, the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I just wonder, you know, how do we start to handle that kind of stuff? And I think that's a good thing. You know, you put just, you know, circle that in your notebook as far as like, how do I handle people who don't want to deal with this kind of stuff or don't believe in it? Cause the world at large is going to have a really hard problem with that. You know, the government's going to have a hard problem with that. So I think it's good for us to have a plan for that too. We had a, a staff meeting last week. We were going over some of these protocols, and one of the coaches was asking that question. And the question was basically, if people go to high five, like, should I stop them? <laughs> and I said, no. Like, you're not big brother. You're not their dad. Like, that is that is a voluntary, you know, interaction between two people that if they want to do that, that's fine. Our job, at least the way I see it, is to basically urge people to do like the right thing and, and do and follow the rules. But at the same time, like I'm not going to like dive in between two people who are going to give each other a hug because they haven't seen each other in eight weeks. Like I'm going to let them do that. And if they're comfortable with it, well then listen, like whatever, like, it is what it is. I don't, I don't think people are going to be able to stop human interaction. 
that's just me. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I think that's really interesting. And I and I think I think the biggest thing issue is I think you look at it no different than a member cheating at your gym. Um, you know, yeah. a member breaking one of your rules. Uh, a member, you know, miscounting where it's you know what you know very rarely do you make that a big production, but you have you have to you know how do you address it? When do you address it? When it becomes an issue for your community, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's as simple as it is. Like when it becomes an issue for your community then you address it. If the majority of your people feel unsafe with someone, you have to have that discussion. No different than the stinky member in the gym. You know what? I've had three members come up to me and tell me, you know, some of the same member smells. I need to address it because it's affecting the community. Yeah. I'd rather not. I really don't want to talk about people's hygiene, but you know what? It's affecting membership. Therefore it's affecting my business. Now it's my responsibility. And yeah. So, and I, and I think that's going to happen, you know, like, you know, it's, I think it's just We're a simple have- reminder. It's like, hey, guys, like try to practice social distancing, wash your hands, and, and just remind everybody that not everybody might be cool with it. Like they are. Yeah. Like, listen, you're, I get it. You're cool with it. I'm cool with it. But like not everybody's cool with it. So just have a little awareness, right? Like yeah. social awareness is an important life skill. Billy, stop licking all the barbells. Right. Yeah. I like that but, take on it, though, of like just present it as here's what you should do rather than that list of like, don't do all this. You know, it's well, I think yeah, on that note, I, I think it's important to look at the other end of the spectrum. Like a lot of people are scared and all of this other stuff. And there's, if you go to the other end of the spectrum, which is probably where I fall, quite frankly, there's a lot of people that don't want more rules that don't want more oversight that don't want you to tell them what to do anymore. It's just like, listen, we're all adults here. Like, yeah, I'll abide man within reason, but I, we're friends. I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to give him a good game and then we'll deal with it later. But other people I'm not going to do that to if they're not cool with it. Um, So I do think you have to consider that there's people that would be equally as turned off by that as people who would be equally turned off by people who don't social distance. And you, our job is to manage those two things. It's a fine balance. And I think, I think James has mentioned it too. I think we mentioned it in the business guide of like special population classes too. Like, you know, it's like, no, all right, well, do we do, you know, a, a class just like they've done at grocery stores uh, up here. It's like, Hey, like if you're 60 and over, like, you know, it's like, you know, before we used to call it master's class, so you didn't want to yep. offend anyone for age gone are the days where, where I give a shit about offending people by calling them the, by their age. Right. It's like, listen, <laughs> if you like in all seriousness, you, Oh, you know, the silver Fox class, you know, or like the better with, you know, like the fine wine class. No, like <laughs> you're at risk class, you know, like, which means you're 62 years or older, whatever it might be. Great. We're going to have a class for you. And, and it's going to be super vigilant. And yep. the rules are going to be very different because we want you to be comfortable. We've, you know, what we did before to get you in here is, is, is unique, like whatever it might be. The, doing that is a gesture. I, I do think back to your point of what have you done to make people feel safe? It's like, all right, well, we have a class for that population. Yep. We have a class for the people that are very nervous. And, and you know what? that's okay. You know, and we've done extra steps that we don't necessarily feel is necessary for everybody, but we've done this for this population. And you know what, if you want to raise your hand and say, I I don't fit into this population, but I I actually am as worried as them. Great. We probably let you join the class. Yeah. We want to make you feel comfortable. So I do think doing things like that are going to be really important because, you know, if you walk in the doors and you want to get fit, that's all I care about. Which means if, you know, and, and, and I need to take care of that. So, like, I think we have to remember that. And, and, and I have my views, but they don't matter. 
What matters yeah. are my, my, my three, four, 500 members that are walking in, they matter. And that's something that, so a lot of questions come about like what we're doing. Like, are we going to let people keep equipment or, or they have to bring it back? Like, how are we going to do it? I'm like, what does that person need? Do they need to keep the equipment? They can keep the equipment. It's fine. We're probably going to have reduced class sizes anyway. So the answer is largely yes. Whatever that person needs for me to facilitate health and wellness and happiness, like that's the answer within reason, obviously. But that's what people are going to have to do quite a bit of is flex real hard. Like they're going to have to figure it out and you're going to have to appease a lot of people. And then everybody will figure out like what's the appropriate time to have not like a hard stop on that, but like, okay, guys, like we're going to try to get back to something that resembles normal. Well, I, you know, and I hate to be the guy who keeps like banging this drum, but I think that's true. It's like, I like what you both said there. Like, all I care about is that you want to continue to get some fitness and, you know, if for the short term, you still renting a piece of equipment keeps you getting fitness and keeps you as a member of, of, of my CrossFit affiliate, then we're going to do that. And I think one of the metrics you measure that against is six months down the road when you're back to full class size and you're like, well, I have two members who have rented equipment, but I need that for classes. Or like if it's becoming an expense issue, the equipment you have rented out, you know, you're not losing money on that or it's like pulling the business back down. Then you start to reevaluate, you know, that's the yeah. tool you use to reevaluate it. But I, yeah. I love that approach of like, Hey, these people want to get fit. They still want to get fit with me. I'm going to find an opportunity in a way to do that with them as I slowly move back to normal. Like, yeah, I don't think it should be like, Hey, since the gyms are open again, we're taking back all the equipment we rented because you don't know how that's going to shake out for everybody. And it's probably something that you can do progressively. I think that's a really important thing is as we move back to normal, it can be more progressive than when quarantine first happened and we had to be a little bit more abrupt and reactive. Yeah. Like we can be a little bit more slower paced now, as long as we're still moving forward. Yeah, I agree. So where can people find uh, the back to business plan? So if you go to the um, handplan.com and then forward slash back to business, or if you just go to a handplan.com right on the uh, main page there, it says uh, COVID-19, our response. You click on that and we have our uh, back to business guide. You can download it right there. So yeah, I recommend everybody go download it. I, I You'd be hard pressed to convince me that you didn't take uh, a solid piece of information out of there. I think it's really, really well laid out. It's got a lot of options in there. Worst case scenario, it's just food for thought which is really beneficial right now. So um, thank you guys. Hand plan, not just the, hand plan, the hand plan. Yeah. Sorry. The web, it, it gets confusing with the website. Yeah, I don't want people yeah, to get lost. Right. It's cool. Oh, is there, a, is there just hamplan.com? I think we need to talk about that. Is somebody cyber squatting on that? <laughs> somebody yeah, cyber don't know who owns it. it. Yeah. We've, they've been squatting on it, you know, since six years ago and I can't find it. I tried. Son of a bitch. Yeah. It's, and you know, it's, you know, every time I do it to like, in, enlist this agency and we'll find it for you. Like, nah, you're just going to take my money and never come back. Never come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you guys have questions, hit these guys up uh, a wealth of knowledge in coaching and affiliate ownership and, uh, and, and obviously, obviously just like forward thinkers. So um, thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate this. Good shit. Thanks, yeah, brother. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll see you soon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The best 45 minutes of your day. <laughs> I got to change my damn podcast now. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram 
at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.